You are listening to the By His Grace podcast. Welcome. I'm your host, Misty Phillip. And if you're new around here, you may not know that I have another podcast called Spark Influence that I co-host with my husband. On the Spark Influence podcast, we talk about being intentional in our marriage, with our family, and in our business as leaders and as entrepreneurs. So I'd love for you to check that out. I'm also the founder of Spark Media where I work with Christian podcasters to equip them through a variety of ventures. We have a conference, a magazine, a network, and an amazing community. And the community is now open to new members. So if you've wanted to start a podcast but aren't sure how, or if you already have a podcast and you're just tired of podcasting alone, we would love for you to join us there. And why did I tell y'all all of this? Because as I am recording this episode, I'm about to hop on a plane and head to a podcast conference. So if you are listening to this show and you're interested in podcasting and you've got questions, would love for you to hit me up and let me know what those podcast questions are. I'm always striving to help bring people together to create platforms for people to share their message and the world is changing and we need to work together. So tell me what your questions are. I would love to help you. Now, on today's episode of the By His Grace podcast, I'm excited to have Jessica L. Peck. She is the author of Behind Closed Doors, a guide to help parents and teens navigate through life's toughest issues. And I don't know about y'all, but I've raised some teens and there can be some challenging issues, especially in the world that our kids are growing up in today. Now, I hope you listened to a few episodes ago when I had Deborah Berry on where we talked about the dangers of technology for our teens and That's just one of the many issues that kids are facing today. So Jessica took from her her clinical practice, she created a practical guide for parents to help their tweens and teens through all of the cultural change and modern day health threats that exist. She is a pediatric nurse practitioner and mom of four, and she helps parents escape the secrecy and shame surrounding these challenging moments that, you know, we all face. We may not face it with our kids, but then we may know somebody close to us who is struggling with some of these issues, but we're, we're not alone in our struggles. That's the one thing that unites humanity. We may not have the same struggles, but friend, we all struggle. So I pray that if you are in the teen tween parenting stage that this is a blessing to you. And if it is, I encourage you to leave us a review and share it with a friend. That's one way that you can help this show is by just sharing it and telling people about it. So we just are so thankful for you. I want to give a shout out to our friends in Germany that put us in the top of the charts last week. So thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. 
Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Jessica Peck, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I'm excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Misty. I am really excited to have this conversation with you. I am excited to have you here. You wrote a book, Behind Closed Doors, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before we started recording, I saw that one of my friends, Michelle Niedert, had endorsed your book. And I just love the author community and the friends that I've made in the journey, because a lot of times writing is a, is a lonely journey. And so to have uh, to be surrounded by friends. But I love what you said, what, what Michelle said when, when she read your book. And what was that? Oh, she said, she actually told me, this is a book I've always wanted to write. This is a book in my heart, and I'm so glad that it's out there in the world. And she, and you're right, you know, meeting other authors in this space, and especially someone that looks at mental health through faith-based lens has been so encouraging that she and I are doing such synergistic work. And I mean, really, the work is tremendous and it's just the people in this space. So we're, if there's anybody out there who's thinking about writing about mental health, like, jump in. The world needs your words. Like We need you. We would welcome you at our table. Like The world is really hungry for help and hope in, in this space. And so it's been exciting to partner with her. Yeah, that's so good. So let's begin by talking a little bit about your background and what you do before you started writing. Sure. So I am a nurse practitioner and, you know, people can look at me online. Actually, I heard recently my youngest son telling his friend that my mom is a famous nurse. And he said, how do you know that? And he said, well, I asked Alexa. <laughs> so that's now the standard, right, for celebrityhood. But you could look online and look at my credentials and look at the success I had in nursing. And I know that's where I am. But where I started was actually as the first woman in my family to go to college. I was a very timid community college student, working my way through school, working three jobs, not a great student, honestly, but just found my way in nursing and really fell in love with nursing and had an accessible path of education and uh, was able to become a pediatric nurse practitioner. And now I'm a professor at Baylor University. But as a mom, I started, <laughs> the, the opening scene of my book is my 13-year-old daughter, she was 13 at the time, we were in perpetual conflict and we're driving down the road one day having this recurrent argument. She's sitting in the back seat. She throws a book at my head while <laughs> I'm driving. And I realized, okay, even though I'm a nurse practitioner, I obviously don't have it together. And I'm going to need a new mindset and skill set going forward. Because just for me as a girl, I started out with broken relationships with my family and a broken relationship with my mother and perpetual fear that I was going to pass that on. And 
that my daughter and I would have a broken relationship. So that's where I started and that's where I am now. Um, I am a mom of four teenagers at one time. So I feel like this gives me what they call street cred. They're 19, 17, 14, and 13. And I am married to my husband who is a rocket scientist who's amused at the perception that I'm the smart one in this relationship. And we uh, we live in Houston. And so it's really it's been a really exciting journey for our family to seek healthy relationships. And now God's just laid it on my heart to share that with everybody. That's so awesome. I love that. And I love the street cred. You're right. Just wait. Adult, young adult children is a whole nother game. <laughs> but let's, yeah, let's. I call that like quasi adulting. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what prompted you to, to write this book? And, and what, and let's maybe let's begin with what, what's the premise of the book? And then what prompted you to write the book? Sure. Well, the book is called Behind Closed Doors, A Guide to Help Parents and Teens Navigate Through Life's Toughest Issues. And, you know, as a professor, I am extremely alarmed at the statistics that are coming out about young people. I'm often asked the question, is this mental health crisis really as bad as people are saying? And for me as a nurse, it's really important to not be a fear monger and to be a trustworthy source of information. And so the answer that I give is no, it's not as bad as you think. It's worse. It is worse than you think. It is real. As a pediatric nurse practitioner, I was meeting families behind closed doors at a point of crisis that they never saw coming. My pediatric practice has changed. Kids are facing threats they never faced before. Every day I'm seeing the effects of cyberbullying, mental health, uh, sexting, pornography, gender, race, eating disorders. I mean, you name it, I'm seeing it. And as a mom, I know the heartbreak of trying so hard to be a good mom and just feeling like you're failing and having that perpetual anxiety of, am I messing up my kid for life? Like I'm doing my best, but is that enough? And so really at the start of the pandemic in March of 2020, I quarantined with the rest of the world. I found myself in my backyard with my journal and my Bible, just thinking, what can I do? And being, I just arrived at Baylor, of course, a faith-based university. And I just really felt like I had the education and the, and the skill set and the experience to really equip parents for these moments that have such shame and stigma associated with them. And I really wanted to give parents practical tools and hope for healthy relationships. Yeah, that's so, so needed. Everything that our kids are, are facing, it's a whole new world. They're facing so many things that we didn't face as young people. And then and then you take the pandemic and it just multiplied it, right? So I'm so glad that, that you wrote this book. So I want to get into some of the, the practical information. So when parents are struggling with their kids, let's start with, with the parents. What are some practical things for somebody who's listening who may be really struggling with, with their kids, with their relationship, with some of the things that their kids are doing or involved in and all of the things like what are some practical things that they can do to release? the guilt, but also to, to encourage their relationship with their child. Well, I want to be really honest with everybody listening. This is not your typical self-help book. This is a Jumanji style parenting <laughs> adventure. You have to commit. You've got to roll up your sleeves. You've got to get your hands dirty. You're going to probably get your feelings hurt. There will be valleys. There will be mountaintops. But the book is filled with practical tips and tools that you can use in your home to really transform your relationship with your teen. And if you do this, I promise you, 
a year from now, you will look back and you will see that you are in a different place. But what I would say to start with is that we have to realize that we're parenting for the long game. So a lot of times with teens, we expect instant gratification. We kind of treat parenting like a chia pet. Like we just want to give a little advice and we just can have things in this world so instantly. And in two days, you know, it grows a plant and in two days, like everything is fine. That's not how things happen. I think about it more like a pineapple. You know, you can plant that seed. It takes an average of 24 months to grow you still water it, you still take care of it, you still put it in the sunlight. And that's what happens when we're giving advice and when we're coaching and we don't see any growth. But our kids need to see that we have confidence that that will grow, that we know who they will become. And so I think, you know, that's we have to change our mindset and release our kids from that pressure of instant gratification. So many times we try to control their behavior because that provides us an immediate feedback loop that, oh, I'm being a good parent. you know. So uh, but we really have to pursue their heart. The best way to do that is by looking at our own hearts. We so often focus externally about, okay, what what life hack can I have, you know, that's going to change my relationship with my teen. But a lot of times our hurt can become our teen's hurt. And so the first thing that we have to do is seek our own healing journey and recognize things that we may be seeing from through the lens of our own hurt and make sure they don't become our kids hurt. And the, the main thing, the most practical tool that I give in the book is a, a communication model that I call love your teen. And it's a professional skill that I use in clinical practice called motivational interviewing that I've translated for parents. And it's just four easy steps. And I'll tell you them right here. You can start doing this today because when we get in conversation with our teens, it usually starts with lecturing. We cannot lecture our way to leverage behavioral change. We cannot argue our way into right relationship. We cannot choose every battle. We have to choose our battles. And so this four-step model, when you find yourself in that point of contention with your teen, starts with L. Listen with your face. We do not give our teens our full face when we're talking. So we need to listen with our face. When we give them eye contact, it actually makes their brain produce oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical and the same chemical that's produced when you're nursing a baby and they feel bonded to us. So we have to listen first. Then the second is, O: offer open-ended questions. So don't lead with lecturing, lead with questions, be curious, try to find out how are they really feeling in this space? Make sure you understand exactly where they are and you can meet them there. Step three is V, ver- uh, validate their emotions. So saying, I can see you feel angry now. I can see you feel upset right now. doesn't mean, you might think you don't need to be mad about this or you don't need to be angry about this or this is nothing to be upset about. We can't do that. We just can uh, just simply acknowledge their emotion and say, I see that this has really hurt you. That makes them feel seen. And then E, the last step, is explore next steps together. Only at that point, when you built a bridge for them to feel safe to walk across, you're building a communication bridge, then you can offer your advice and say, well, have you thought about this? Or here is my experience. But you've listened, you've asked questions, and you've validated their emotions. That is going to give you so much more success. And that's really one of the most practical tools in the book. I absolutely love that, especially beginning with 
the listen with your face, because how often are we as parents, especially moms, we're multitasking, doing all the things exactly, and and your kids are talking to you, put your phone down and listen to your kid, look in their face, connect with their eyes. And and I think probably this the same, you know, for kids, because we're seeing so many kids with their, they're growing up with a screen in their face. And so, you know, getting them to put their device down long enough to connect with us. So now now I want to ask you a question on the other side of the coin. Let's flip it around. What What do you say to kids who are struggling with some of the things that you mentioned earlier? How can they break the cycle of some of those negative behaviors? The first thing that I tell kids who disclose a struggle to me is, I'm so sorry that you're experiencing this. Because if they're going to disclose something, if they're going to be brave enough to tell you about it, it means that they're in trouble. It means they're afraid. It means they're confused. It means that they really want help. And if we start with questions like, how could you be so stupid? What were you thinking? All of those rhetorical questions that were in the invisible parenting handbook that have been handed to us for generations, all those things that we say that aren't helpful, it just immediately creates a barrier. But by just leading with empathy and just saying, I'm so sorry you've experienced this. This is a really tough thing. That immediately makes them feel like, okay, somebody sees me. The second thing that I tell them is you are not alone. You are not the only teen who is experiencing this. You are not you are not the only teen who ever will experience this because they feel so alone in that space. And many times they don't want to tell their parents, not because they're being deceptive, not because they're trying to lie to their parents or trick them, but they are so concerned about what their parents think of them. They really care about what we think of them. It's a myth that teens don't care what their parents think. They care very much. Their minds are almost like a police radar scanning the background and listening for conversation about them, especially what we say. And more importantly, they believe what we say about them. And so they are so afraid of what their parents will think. And so I really love to connect parents and teens to say, that there is a grace going forward. In today's cancel culture, teens are desperately afraid that one mistake can derail their life forever because they see it happen every single day. So we need to say, so when we have that space, basically what that the, I say and what parents should say is, I'm so sorry you've experienced this. You are not alone. This is a tough thing and we're going to need some help to get through this. And we're going to have some tough conversations. And it's not going to be easy, but no matter what, I love you no matter what, and no matter what, we will find our way through this together. And that is the message of hope that they need to see. Absolutely. And the enemy is the one who tries to get us to think that we're all alone. So there is no temptation that is new to man. There is nothing new under the sun. But when we go through any kind of struggle, whether it is a health issue, a grief, loss, a struggle of any kind, we feel like we're alone. And so I love that you address that by just acknowledging it and not saying you shouldn't have done this or this is wrong or, you know, don't you know better or all of the many responses that parents can say. Instead, you're just like, I'm sorry, and really having that empathy with them. And I think that's probably what opens the door for them to be able to express themselves and to be able to have that conversation. Yes, and it's true because most of the time, what they've experienced, if they've made a choice, um, 
the natural consequences of what they're going to endure is worse than any punishment that you can have. And so I don't look at it as punishment. I look at it as, okay, what structures do we need to change in your life to give you accountability in this space? Because if they've been sexting, there's pictures out there that could come back and haunt them for the rest of their life. And they can maybe feel guilty about behavior that they've initiated in. Guilt is a good thing. It's like putting our hand on a hot stove. It signals us, you need to change your behavior. But shame tells, so guilt tells us what we did was wrong, but shame tells us who we are is wrong. And when we say those rhetorical questions, we're just piling on shame. And shame is not a helpful thing. It's not going to change behavior. And so we need to let guilt sit in that space. But again, most of the time, the natural consequences are going to produce plenty of shame that they're going to be overcoming. And we just need to find a way to give them grace in that space. Yeah, that's so good. We all need a little extra grace for sure. So for parents who are going to read this book, what is the what is the most important thing that you would like for them to take away from reading Behind Closed Doors? Well, the number one thing I want parents to take away is hope. I think today with so much bad news just surrounding us on media and our social media and our social circles, just anywhere you go, it just feels like Things are so bleak and so sad and so desperate. And I want parents to know there is hope for healthy relationships. Now, healthy relationships are not perfect. And even we as parents are subject to that. How many times have we as parents looked at moms on social media and thought, oh, I wish my family was like that. Oh, I wish that, you know, I wish my family was as close as theirs. Oh, I wish my kids got along like theirs do. Oh, I wish my body looked like hers or, you know, those kinds of things. And then we think, oh, they're perfect. But I I think in my perspective as a nurse practitioner, meeting families in those points of crisis, I see families all the time that look perfect on the outside, but that are broken on the inside. And so we need to recognize that healthy in healthy relationships, there's still conflict, there's still hurt feelings, but you can navigate those in a way that you can find hope. And that's what I want parents to find. And when you look at the book, you'll see that it goes through three sections. It goes behind the clinic door, where I give you all all of that clinical information, When how does a kid who is engaged in substance abuse, how do they end up in front of me as a clinician? What is the path that took them there? And how can we intervene earlier? When I close the door and talk to kids alone, I'm pulling back that curtain and telling you everything that I'm saying. And then it's behind the home door. How do you translate that to conversations at home, real practical conversations that are relationship building? And then behind the heart door, because when you look at the things that our teens are facing, it will make your heart hurt. And I want to take good care of parents' hearts by giving them devotionals and scriptures and playlists and an opportunity to write legacy letters, which is a generational keepsake for your teen. Uh, But through all of those things, all of those things are designed to be a door to hope. I love I love that, you know, because we can look at all those images online and think everybody's got it together and none of us do. I mean, we just don't. No one is perfect. Only Jesus was perfect. And so, you know, that comparison trap can really can really get to us. So I'm glad that you acknowledged that. And you're right. Put your phones down and stop reading the news and you'll find out that life really is not that bad. Yes, there are our trials and difficulties and people have struggles all over the world. But at the same time, we have 
We have Jesus, and because we have Jesus, no matter what we face here on this earth, it is light and momentary affliction in comparison and in light of eternity. So I'm so thankful that you are giving parents hope because it can be overwhelming, especially when you find out that your child's in a situation that you never dreamt that you would be. I just recently interviewed a mom who almost lost her daughter to sex trafficking and she'd been checking her phone, but not as regular as she should. And one day by the time she found it, it was, there was a a trail of disaster, but they dealt with it and they moved forward. And now that girl is thriving. So the mom was diligent and loving and and cared for her daughter and made hard choices to, to help her to get on the other side of it. But it's everywhere and and we, and we think we're alone in it, but at the same time, there's so much good and so much hope that we have in Jesus. So thank you. It's so true. Yeah. Thank you so much for for being a guest on By His Grace today. I'd love for you to just leave the last word with our guests and then um, let them know where they can uh, connect with you more and find your resources. Sure. My last word is one of my favorite scriptures. Because of the Lord's great mercy, we are not consumed. And great is His faithfulness. And His mercies are new every single morning. And that's how often we need them as parents of teens. Not It's not a once a year or once in a lifetime you know, kind of appropriation of mercy. And God has compassion for us. His compassion never fail. We need to have compassion for ourselves and, and not you know, beat ourselves up with guilt. We are imperfect parents with imperfect children. And even as, as people, we have a perfect father and God, but we are not perfect children. And so how much more do our children struggle with imperfect parents? So we just need to just really embrace that grace. But I would love to connect with people more. They can find me at drnursemama.com. That's drnursemama.com, where I have a podcast, a blog, actually, with my daughter, who threw the book at my head, who is now (laughs) writing with me as a perspective. God wrote a new story for us. Um, And so I would love to find you. You can find me at drnursemama.com. Excellent. And we'll put all of that information in the show notes so it's easy for people to access. So Jessica, thank you so much for being a guest on By His Grace today. Thank you so much for having me, Misty. I really appreciate it. Recording stopped. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there.